Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a world, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge for a fresh new start. Jane Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Book Talk with Fran Lewis, brought to you by MJ Network in memory of my sister, Marsha Joyce. And I am so excited. D.P. Lyle is here. And we're going to talk about cultured. Jake Longley is taking a break and relaxing on the beach when his father calls with an assignment. This was really weird. April Wilkinson is missing from Lindemann Farms, a resort built by her father, Jonathan. But he's the founder of the Lindemann Method and recruits wealthy people to join the program at a higher price. Jake and, of course, my favorite character, Nicole, and don't forget Pancake, sit out to go uncover to learn more. (laughs) But don't worry. The method is really weird, and don't worry about the investors and the missing girls. So, good morning. How are you? Welcome <laughs> to MJ Network. <laughs> Thanks, Fran. Always good to be with you. <laughs> I got to keep my sense of humor. It's hard sometimes. Exactly. But, well, Jake and Jake and Nicole are really cool. Nicole got to give her top billing, or she'll have a fit. I know that. Exactly. So, exactly. So he ran and. Ray calls Jake, that's his father. Actually, Nicole likes working better for him than than she does. Right. And they take this case, and don't forget my pancake. So why did they take this case? Because this is really not their kind of case, but it was interesting. Yeah, Ray Ray obviously is a no-nonsense PI. That's Jake's dad, and Jake, of course, is a slacker and doesn't want to mm-hmm. do anything except hang out at his bar restaurant and do nothing because that's pretty much what he does well. Um, and so this young lady goes missing, and the mother contacts uh, Ray uh, through a contact that she knew, and, you know, my daughter's disappeared. You know, yeah, we don't mm-hmm. get along, and we fought, and yada. But last I heard, she went off to this place that's, that I know about, you know, the mother had had contact with it, actually introduced the daughter to Jonathan Linderman and all that, was going to invest in this investment self-help program because he's kind of a guru in that. But then the daughter went there to go to work, and and now she hadn't heard from her in two or three weeks, which is very unusual even though they have the typical mother-daughter squabble. So she's curious and wants to know what's going on. So, uh Jake, uh, uh, Ray sends Jake and Nicole up there to investigate this, uh, the Lindemann Farms, which is where Jonathan Linderman teaches his Lindemann method of getting <laughs> wealthy and making yourself a better person. So it's like a it's like a cult, but it's not a religious, satanic, any of that kind of goofy cult. It's more of a financial cult, I would I would think. Uh, it would be reminiscent of Madoff and uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, more than uh, mm-hmm. than Koresh or one of those guys. So uh, think that when you're reading about them. 
You, you just never know. You know something, you read it in the news and you wonder sometimes how much of this is really true. Because I'm sure there are places like that that self-help and they're not helping anything except themselves. I often wonder. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I mean, in my practice, my patients come in. Well, look at yeah. this. You know, I, I found this online and they're saying this and this and this. And of course, the medicine and science is all wrong. And I said, let me guess. They're trying to sell a book. Well, yeah. Or they're trying to sell vitamins online. Well, yeah. I said, does this sound odd to you? <laughs> you know, they either got a book or they're selling vitamins. You know, you can bet. <laughs> I don't even like antibiotics unless it's I'm desperate. I don't take anything. Exactly. That, I'm the same way. <laughs> no way. It's called, so it's called therapeutic nihilism. You know, yeah, the body will take it, care it, of itself if you leave it alone. <laughs> that's what I was told to do. That's what I do <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> so how, why does he decide to go along with this? Because he's not happy. And tell us about the, the Tyndall, you know, the Linderman method. I don't know about that. Yeah, well, um, well, first of all, why did he decide? Well, because Nicole decided. And whenever she decides, Jake's going to follow along by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because she wears red bikinis, and you know, and Jake's a fool for red bikinis. So, and for Nicole. Um, but the twist here is that it turns out that J- Jake's ex, Tammy, who is a, mm. a complete idiot, goofball, self-absorbed moron, that uh-huh. Jake has a love-hate relationship with, and she's always harassing him about stuff, making phone calls. And if you, anybody who's read the books knows that that is a recurring theme. In this, mm-hmm. and Tammy sticks her nose and everything. Well, it turns out that Tammy had tried to join this cult, but her husband wouldn't give her the money to do it, and she's all furious about that. And so, but it turns out she knows the people there, so she turns out to be the entree for Jake and Nicole to enter this world. And if you think about it, they're exactly mm-hmm. what these cults are looking for. Jake's oh, yeah. an ex-professional baseball player. He's got cachet. He owns a, a successful restaurant bar. And then Nicole has just had a major blockbuster movie released. Uh, she's a screenwriter. And so uh, they're the kind of people that these cults are looking for. they got money. they got cachet. They're well-known. So it's perfect. So Tammy makes the intro. They show up at the gates and said, here we are. Tell us about the Lindemann method. Well, what that is is basically if you invest with him, Mm. he will guarantee returns, and he's got a big track record on all that. But then again, don't they all? Uh, But he doesn't charge fees once you join, which costs $120,000 to join his cult. But once you do that, what he does is takes 20% of the profits. Uh, mm. If you don't make any profit, he doesn't make any money. So, you know, that's not a bad deal once you get in the, once you get in the door. Uh, you know, if, if all brokers did that, maybe people would have more brokers. But uh, usually they get mm. paid whether you win or lose. Um, and then there's a lot of self-help stuff that goes along with it, how to be a better person, how to be successful. You know, I think Tony Robbins, even though I don't want to, I don't want to lump Tony Robbins into this. I love Tony Robbins. I think he's a smart guy. <laughs> but uh, uh, you get the picture. He wants to. He wants money. He wants to invest for you, and he wants to make you a better person. At least that's what the brochure says. Well, you know, everybody needs to read. I just finished <laughs> Nora Roberts' Identity, and it's about exactly that, how this guy, you know, creates 
investments and claims that he could do whatever, and instead right. he steals everybody. He steals the identities of the girls that he meets, and then he kills them. Sure. To collect. I mean, uh, Bernie Bernie Madoff gets scary the child for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, in this whole crypto world, uh, this is pretty mm-hmm. much the same thing. I mean, it's monopoly money. It's fake money, and so, but they bought into it, and this crypto world has gone insane. And some people have made a lot of money, and other people have lost everything. It's just crazy. It's, in the South, we call that buying a pig in a poke. You know, you don't know what you're buying. You don't know what you're buying at all, and there's no security involved. So, needless to say, I've stayed far, far, far away from the crypto world. I stay uh, far, far away from the investment world and everything. And exactly. That, I, I, you know, something I don't care. A long time ago, when my mom was very sick, she was in UCSD for a heart, the pulmonary thrombectomy, 27-hour oh, yeah. operation. Oh, that was, and then the guy that invented it was the guy that did it. Moshe, yeah. he's the one that did it, and it saved her life. But my aunt and uncle convinced me while I was there to invest $200 in 200 shares of something or other that I knew was not good, and I said, why am I listening to you? <laughs> Really? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was exactly. not worth it. So what is Jonathan and Rhea's background in this? And what about, why is the huge, the huge membership fee? You know, there are a lot of people in the world that are very gullible. It's really sad. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, uh, it's what I call the Callaway syndrome <laughs> for the golfers out there. When yeah. Callaway clubs came along, they priced them way higher than everybody else. You know, twenty percent, twenty-five percent higher than any other golf clubs out there. And why mm. did they do that? Well, it was a brilliant marketing strategy. If we cost more, we're better. No question about it. We're better. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't cost more. You know, that goes on in a lot of things. You overpay for stuff because, well, if it's expensive, it's got to be better. I think that's kind of the American way of, of looking at things. It may be the world's way of looking at things. But, uh, you know, they charge a fee to get in the door because they have cachet. They have they have a track record. Now, Jonathan comes from the business world. He owns a lot. He was in banking. He's got money. So he's not, you know, poor people don't start these kinds of programs, but the rich people who are greedy do. And so he started this thing, and then Rhea is his sidekick. Uh, who kind of oversees the day-to-day operations, uh, but she's up to her neck in the whole sordid affairs that mm-hmm. go on behind the scenes in this thing. So, in fact, she's responsible for creating a lot of the things that go on in the background. So, uh, as a pair, they make a pretty formidable uh, d- dynamic. And, again, you'd think uh, Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell – you know, mm-hmm. they had the same dynamic. They worked very well as a pair to do what they were trying to do, which is gain influence and money. So they they recruit, and what sites does Rhea look at? She looks at them to recruit the girls on the farm, but it's not just yeah. you're accepted. There's a whole bunch of stuff, the initiation and everything, and that oh, they sure. have to go through. Yeah, they won't. They won't special people to work there at the farm to be the hostesses mm-hmm. and the and the host and to run the thing but you know do the other things that they expect of them so they often they, they go out and troll the internet and look for social media of college girls that are especially if they're still in college or getting ready to graduate 
that they're attractive, that they're intelligent, that they're they're they got some some sophistication about them because that's what they need. Uh, and a lot of the places that they look are, are are the sites where those women interface with guys. So I'll mm. leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, well, there are some women that don't don't realize it's not worth it at all. I mean, when but, I was younger, yes, yesterday I decided. I decided getting older is definitely not on my my, my purview for real. Um, <laughs> especially with my crazy color hair, that there are a lot of there are a lot of of these dating agencies. Um, yes. Together was one, and there's another one that was called Excellence, and they charge it's, it's scary, five hundred to a thousand dollars to join, which of course I didn't. And they tell you, we're going to take your picture, and then we're going to have these people call you. And they don't look at your demographics. They just pick out somebody. And half the time, I think I was like 25, and they gave me this guy that was 18 because they thought (laughs) I looked younger. I go like, okay. (laughs) I mean, seriously. So they recruit, and she looks at them. So what does it mean, find your daddy and sugar baby? That's a good one. Yeah. And and yeah. with Rachel, Robin, Laurie, Sarah, why in blazes would they want to work there? I mean, if after you get a yeah. get a feel of it, you're going to know why would you want to work there? Well, by then, you know, the golden ring is so shiny because you're going to make a lot of money, or you're going to yeah. rich, you're going to you're going to meet the love of your life who happens to be worth <laughs> a billion dollars or whatever. Uh, all that stuff's enticing. Uh, um, you know, this is what's dangerous about the internet out there, and, yeah. and people get anything out of this. If you're if you're looking for love in all the wrong places, it's probably going to be the wrong love in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it used to be people went to single bars, and it was the same thing. And now it's more online. Uh, the online thing has pretty much taken over that. And people meet online. Well, remember what you're seeing online and what you see in person. Mm-hmm. They're often two entirely different things, and there's predators out there, especially, especially for children. And this, these, these trolls that go out there and hook 12, 13, 14-year-old girls, and the next thing you know, they're going to meet him a block away from the house, and they sneak out at night, and then they disappear. These kinds of stories make you want to pull your hair out, you know. And, of course, the parents get blamed, but uh, that's too easy. Maybe the parents were asleep at the wheel. Maybe they weren't because kids are very clever, and especially when you get into the cyber world because most parents mm-hmm. do not understand TikTok and do not understand you know, uh, all Facebook. They do not understand the dangers of these things because they can barely turn on their phone and make a phone call or text. So, but kids, wow, they understand this stuff so well. Well, it opens up this whole world. You know, it's like turning your child loose in you know downtown New York mm-hmm. City and saying, "Go have fun." Really? You gonna turn your twelve-year-old loose in New York City at night? No. Well, they're doing it from their bedroom. You that, know, that, and that's yeah, and scary the don't know. It's right. scary because yeah, I mean, I I've said it to my niece. My niece texts texts me every night because she works in the hospital as a pediatric nurse, and I keep telling, right. and she's good. I said, you know, Danny Nicole, just make sure that when you leave, and even though you're getting home at seven in the morning, text your aunt so I know you're okay. And she does. 
The other one exactly. went to her boyfriend in in Kansas City, and I'm saying there's something about him I can't put my finger on. We gotta watch this because there's no reason why she should be flying all over the place just to this guy that just left. Whatever. The one thing that yeah. girls don't realize is if you're having a blind date, never tell them where you live. Meet them no. somewhere. Meet them anywhere, but but make sure probably. somebody's there exactly. with you. Don't go by yourself. And then and then follow your gut. Your gut is yeah. almost always right. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. Even if it feels a little bit not right, it's not right. The problem yeah, right. is, is you get these early teens. Yeah. They're not. They don't. They don't have a gut yet. They don't have enough world experience to know that the world is a scam, scam-riddled place. They don't know. They're trusting, and therein is the problem. They're in it. And then you get some smooth talker, and the next thing you know, they disappear. This happens all the time, and it, it makes me crazy. And you want to just go out there and grab somebody by the throat and say, you, you know, you can't do this. But that world, that cyber world out there, mm. makes a lot of people do a lot of very silly things because, well, it's here on my computer screen, and I'm safe. I'm at home. No, you're not. No, you're not. And they can just, find you very easily. To identity theft and all that stuff, you know, ransomware, all those things. I mean, that's a whole other world of that out there. They but can Jonathan find you no matter take, what. They can hack into you no matter what. It doesn't exactly. matter. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's scary. So we have yeah, Will and Gordon. We have Will and Gordon. So what do they have to do with Jonathan? And tell us about his accounts. I mean, people well, just, you know, they want to believe this garbage, and it's scary. This, that's why yeah. this book is so important. Yeah. Well, uh, they're, you know, wealthy guys who have invested with Jonathan, and a lot of people have made a lot of money. Now, it's not that Jonathan is, is running a total Ponzi scheme, though some of it is mm. made offline, but he's also actually very good at what he does. He mm. knows how to, how to play the market. He knows how to make money. He knows how to wander around the commodity world and all that. So, I mean, he's a very good investor. He's a smart guy, and he understands the market. So he does make money for people, and he makes money for himself. So in all that, all of that is perfectly fine. That's great. It's the underbelly. It's what's going on behind the scenes that makes this dark and down and dirty. Uh, if it's just if he was just an investment guru and happened to be good at it, great. But there are a little bit of Ponzi schemes to it, and then there's this whole other thing of abusing people and mm. and supplying girls, so to speak. <laughs> well, that goes on all the way. I and mean, what gets me is that there are people that don't get it. And my friend, my mother said it's okay. Well, my best friend is doing it, so I'm going to do it also. Just because she does it oh. doesn't mean that you have to listen. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, if you had a mother like mine, you wouldn't get in trouble <laughs> because my mother used to um, monitor. She used to research, and she used to insist by answering, asking them. My father would ask questions before I went out. And, and, my best and, and friend growing up was Charlie. And, yeah, and she, said she had a list. As, yeah. I, I mean, my sister used to do my fourth sister before she died when I met my husband. She gave him the uh, clipboard test to see if he passed the questions. It was hilarious. <laughs> well, Maybe more my people mother used to, to say, if this. Charlie stuck his head in the oven, would you too? You know. <laughs> yep. But yeah, kids, kids run in flocks. 
you know, and and they influence each other greatly. And it's more than just peer pressure. It, they get they yeah. get this this group that they hang out with, and then they become group think, so that they kind of all get on the same wavelength, and they do some crazy things, you know. That you look back, and they will they will look back if nothing bad happens, they don't die. You know, mm. when they're thirty years old, they're gonna look back and say, "Oh Lord, I can't believe I did that." The problem is getting to 30 years old. <laughs> That's why my mother didn't let me go out until I was 105. Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> so Nicole Mothers know everything. <laughs> yeah, she thought she did. <laughs> Nicole is there to entice men, and Jake is the bartender. So how, how do they manage to get information? Well, she just has to walk out. He, on another yeah. hand, has to make a couple of drinks. Right. So how does how do they manage to this and how does Pancake manage to learn more? I love Pancake. He's my guy. I could use yeah, him. I do too. Seriously. I love Pancake. Well, Jake's major skill is that he's a people's guy. Everybody likes mm-hmm. him. He's tall. He's good looking. He's an ex pro athlete. You know, he's yada yada yada. But he's got the gift of gab, and people like Jake. That's mm. why his business is successful. So uh, he's able to go in there and and tap dance around the truth, and and when people people talk to him, people talk to Jake, people like Jake, and he seems harmless and benign and all of that. So he's able to extract information from well, you mentioned the bartender there and from some of the other investors there, just by being Jake, just by being hey, you know I'm a good guy, you know, and here let's just chat a little. Nicole, on the other hand, can play mm-hmm. the sex card. Because she's mm-hmm. smart, but she's beautiful, she's sexy, she's all that stuff. So she walks into a room and everybody pays attention, not just the men, the women. Everybody pays attention to Nicole. So guys will do stupid stuff around a pretty woman, <laughs> and Nicole knows that. And so she extracts information that way. But they have to walk this tightrope the whole time they're interviewing mm-hmm. and talking to people. When they come and they go from this compound that Lindemann has set up, they have to act like, oh, yeah, we're really interested in this. In other words, they are potential future players. But at the same time, they're trying to dig deeper and deeper and deeper into what's really going on. And it's a balancing act for them. Now, Pancake, of course, is the electronic guru. And Pancake yeah. can, can get in and out of people's communications and, and their data and their bank accounts and their computers mm-hmm. because, well, he's basically a hacker. You know, he can do all that stuff. So if you take those combinations, they gradually start peeling away the layers of what's going on here, and it gets, uh, you know, scarier and scarier. It's scary that this actually does happen in real life and that oh, there are sure. so many... There was an article. There was a thing on the on Facebook the other day. One of my students put it there um, that said that this girl, her mother's friend's daughter, disappeared with her boyfriend and they can't find her. In the middle of the yeah. night, she just took off. And these girls actually think that that's the way to go. Maybe mommy doesn't like them for a reason. What can I say? So, yeah. What happens yeah, when they yeah. meet Sarah? And why does she give the TLM method some high praise? And why do we get a feeling that there's more to that that we're not hearing? Well, you have to understand many of the characters in here uh, Mm -hmm. have fallen for this. Mm -hmm. They have fallen for uh, his shtick, if you will. Um, 
they they have bought into the system and they bought into it either as investors or they bought into it as employees that this is my route to fame, fortune, and stardom, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 investors are saying this guy makes money like hands over fist, and I want to be wealthy. I want to be like him. I want to have the yachts. I want to be able to fly in private planes. I want to be able to do all this stuff. And he does all this stuff, and he did it by doing this, okay? And now he's going to show me how to do this so I can be like him. So that's the Mm. greed factor. The young girls are not only looking for that because some of them were successful and did make money. Some of them did meet the love of their lives have mm. kids and, and go on and, and to very successful lives. So, see, that's the problem. A little truth makes all mm-hmm. the lies believable. And when someone's trying to sell something, you've got to have enough truth in it to make it substantially believable. And then once you do that, people will fall for anything else because now they trust you. And that was Jonathan. That's Jonathan Lindemann's skill. He can make you trust him, and that makes him dangerous, especially if he's got a dark side. Well, some people just want to believe it, just for the sake oh, sure. of thinking. Well, yeah, because they don't they don't think past their anything, and they'll believe anybody. I mean, I've heard people. I've sat in the hairdressers sat everywhere, and I'm going like, how do you believe this garbage? Why why would you believe it? I mean, they, they somebody could just say, oh, I just bought. Uh, three new cars for this much money. Why don't you get one too? And they go like, Oh yeah, why not? I mean that's ridiculous. Sure. So, sure. what about Robin, Rachel, Laurie's ties to some male members? They're just there to take care of the rich people. Well, their job sort of. is to be. Yeah, their job is to be. They think anyway to be hostesses to to perform for the company, if you will. It's kind of like going to a car show and you see the the girl, the pretty girl by the by the Mercedes, and you mm-hmm. know it helps sell the Mercedes. Okay, fine, that's great. That, you know, models and spokes spokespeople do that all the time. Watch any commercial on TV; it's the same thing. But then more is expected of them, and they're expected to entertain, if you will. And so that's where some of them balk at it. But eventually, again. Group think, peer pressure, money, mm-hmm. potential future, all of this stuff comes into play, and each individual has to weigh the pluses and minuses of what they do. I'm not making moral comments about this. I, I don't care. People do what people do. Mm-hmm. And if your decision is, that, yeah, I can do this because the payoff is wealth and maybe marrying someone who is worth a hundred million dollars and my life will be good for the rest of my life. Well, you know, that's not, you know, on the surface you say, Oh, but when you really think about it, that's not a bad mm-hmm. life choice for some people. So, uh, that's it. The golden ring is shiny. And when the golden ring is very shiny, you will move further down the path than you would left to your own devices. And and that's really what it's all about. It's the carrot. It's the carrot at the end of the stick, and they don't see the stick. Well, some people don't want to. They just want to believe, and no. they have, like, this color blindness, and then sure. they, they don't see it. They're blindsided until they said, oh, God, why did I do that? Yeah. And then, and then there are a lot of parents that 
would sell their kids to go into this. Oh, you're going to meet a rich guy, blah, 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 sure. and I'll pay for you to go. That's even scarier. Sure. Exactly. And that's true on a lot of levels. That does happen yeah. a lot. That the parents try to project their own uh, wishes and their own failures on their children. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a whole other topic, and that's just life. You know, it's it's just the way mm. it is. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens when we hear the voice of April? How do we know what she's really thinking? Yeah, uh, April, who is the subject of the search, if you will, the, the, mm-hmm. the inciting factor that brings uh, Jake and Nicole and, and Ray mm-hmm. and Pancake to this whole thing, they didn't even really know about Jonathan Lindemann until they got involved in trying to find out where April is and if she's okay. We don't really meet her until halfway through the book. And then when you meet her, mm-hmm. you realize what her situation is. And you realize the danger that she's in. But I really like April. I Me like too. April. She, she made some stupid mistakes, and she got herself in a horrific situation. But, wow, she is one tough kid. And so I kind of like that. I like that kind of character. She's a lot more than she thinks. She's not just a spoiled brat who who can't wait till her her uh, trust kicks in when she's 25 and gives her all this money. She's only 22 at the time, and that's one of the problems with her and her mother. Her mother's mm-hmm. saying, "You ain't getting that money till you're old enough to spend it. You know, you got to spend it wisely." And you're 22 years old. You're too stupid to have that amount of money. And so the mother was being a good mother. Of course, that created conflict. Mm-hmm. And so we look at April as a spoiled, you know, little brat who 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 wants her money, and I want it now. And if not, I'm not going to talk to you, and I'm going to move away, and I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and you just want to grab her by the throat and say, hey, hey, listen up. You're not old enough. But then we see that she's a lot more to her than we thought, and that's mm-hmm. why I really enjoyed writing about April. I think she's a tough character. So she is. She was. Uh, all I know is that my, my I work since I'm ten, and if you didn't go to work in my father's cleaning store, get a job, you weren't getting anything. There was no such thing as trust or insurance or anything. <laughs> you just yeah, either earned, right. earned it, earned it by yourself, or forget it. So pretty much. Here's an, pretty much. Here's an, He's another interesting guy, Andrew Hesch. I don't like him. No, and he no, was no, extremely no. man. You said, so "How come some of these guys, you know, date these girls and then we won't say what happens to them until it happens? They don't even yeah. realize it." No, but you know, the world's full of that. I mean, uh, there's some there's some people with power and money and all of this that are very abusive. It's as simple as that. They're just not nice people. They weren't nice people when they didn't have money either, I guarantee you. But then you give them money, and now they've got the power and and the ability to move around in the world and to do things, and they get it in their head that they're bulletproof, that they Mm -hmm. can do what they want to do. I'm going to tell you what. uh, uh, We we keep going back to Epstein. Epstein was that way. He was an arrogant prick. He was smart. They said he was good with money. I don't know because I don't know much about that world. But they said he was very, very good at what he did. What he was good at was manipulating people. 
and there's a lot of those out there. And so he really was a very abusive character. And so, but he's not solo. I mean, there's lots of this out there. And power and money, you know, they say uh, money corrupts and big money corrupts absolutely, you know, and so does power. Power mm-hmm. corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And there's something to be said for that. We, we've, you know, history is replete with examples mm-hmm. of that. And current affairs are no different than history. Well, just look at the politicians. But you know what really scares me? Is the girl that meets a guy that claims he's rich and he really isn't because he's going to soak her dry and steal her identity. Oh, sure. That's that's, that's even scarier. So and it happens, this, yeah. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Tell us about Victor and how, how come he was so clever also and how does April decide she's not going to let him get away with this? Well, uh, it, there's no question he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's bad. Uh, yeah, he's a bad guy. Um, but he's a broker, and so that's what he does. He does bad mm. things. And there's a lot of people doing very bad things along the border right now that are doing exactly what Victor did uh, mm-hmm. and around the world. And and it's not much different than, you know, the slave traders uh, hundreds of years ago. Uh, they didn't they didn't care what happened to the people after they captured them and put them on a boat and got their money. They didn't care what happened after that. And Victor's kind of that kind of guy. You know, for enough money, I'll do anything you want. And here, you want mm. this? Here it is. Give me the money. And, and then what happens after that? I don't care. I have no conscience. Uh, it, it's not much di- different than the guys making fentanyl, you know, and, and mm-hmm. in Sinaloa or wherever the hell they make it, you know. They know it's it's killing people. But they don't care. They don't care. It's money. But if they're stupid enough to take it, then they should die. That's their attitude. Well, yeah, but, you know, you're not helping here. Uh, but money money corrupts. And, uh, That's true. Money Vic- talks Victor too. is a corrupt human. All he's after is money. What happens before, during, and after, he could care less. Must be nice to be like that. Before I forget, this is a big week, people. Wednesday, the author of Dead Drop, W.P. Woodward, will be here on the 21st. Okay, so it's 12 o'clock that I'm doing it. But who wouldn't do it for Amanda Quick, Jane Ann Krantz, for when the bride wore white. Oh, God, it was really good. On the 30th, the author of Thunder Road. And on the 1st, someone we all know and love, James McCone with Bastard Verdict. That was interesting. On the 5th, Robert McCaw. On the 8th, the number one interior designer on this planet at 5 o'clock, Howard Wiggins. And on the 13th, Richard North Patterson is back with trial. That's just part of June. This show is booked until the end of August. So if you need something, people, talk to me in September. I'm for real. <laughs> I can't believe it. So how, do, how does it lead to finding her? And how many girls, girls, I mean, really fall for this junk and actually think that they're going to get rich? I mean, seriously. And how many fathers, you know, will say, okay, if you marry this guy, you're going to have a lot of money, like he really knows? Do they check their bank accounts? Does anybody ever do research on these people? Well, no. <laughs> of course they not, right? Uh, 
Yeah, and, and it's kind of like a dowry, if you will. This has been going on for, for centuries. So uh, there is that. You know, everybody wants their children mm-hmm. to do better. And if old school thinking from hundreds of years ago is that, well, uh, my daughter, the only way she's going to ever be successful is to marry a, a successful man. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, obviously that's not true, and especially not true today. Um, but back then it was because the opportunities for a smart young woman to, to make it on her own were few and far between. And that's why when we read stories about this happening 200 years ago, it's like, wow, you know, that was something. Well, it should have been common, but it wasn't. It was rare. So, uh, but nowadays it's very common. So that's the reason that these things happen. And that's the reason parents say, well, you know, I want you to have a good husband. Well, what does that mean? You know? Well, it usually means wealthy and successful and all of that stuff, but that's not the real criteria. Um, people get no. people fall for this stuff all the time, all the time. You know, I, I go, I keep going back to the crypto world because to me, it's like mm. a perfect example of how stupidity and greed run into each other. There's a thing called rug pulling uh, mm-hmm. in the crypto world, and what it means is somebody will set up, and you know, anybody can set up a crypto account in literally five minutes and get it on the Internet. So what do they do? They start getting them and their friends because they are in the scam, and they start putting money into it. The next thing you know, they were out, look at how, look at how this is growing. This has gone up 200% or 500% or whatever. Da, 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 da. You better mm-hmm. jump on board now before you know, it gets out of sight. And people start pouring money into it. And the next thing you know, then all of these people take all that money, sell it. It disappears. The place closes down, and you've gotten the rug pulled out from under you. And and your money, you know, so you put $10,000 into this thing on Tuesday morning, and by 1 o'clock Tuesday afternoon, it's gone. Well, what happened? Well, went out of business. Sorry. You bought a pig and a poke. You know? And I know and they and they don't even they don't even go on and they they don't even check to see anything, and that and that's what's scary. You know what's even scarier is that you have a mother or a father and you meet a guy, and they make a deal to, to the father makes a deal to pay the mother pays makes a deal to pay the father so that the daughter will marry the the son. Sure. And then sure. they go and they make another deal with somebody else to see who the highest bidder is. It's a true story, sure. by the way. I won't tell you how I know it, but it's a true story. In other words, no, this is. mother paid. This mother was paid a certain amount of money for her son to marry somebody else other than the person he wanted to marry, because they offered him nine million dollars, supposedly. Right. Right. And and the poor thing married this thing. What can I tell you? So we have yeah. power, greed, corruption, control, sex trafficking, blackmailing. How does it all piece together? And how does Nicole, how do Nicole and Jake fit into this, and and the law enforcement? How do they finally piece it together? Well, I, I can't tell you that. You got to read the book. Can't say <laughs> but, uh, we can't tell them what they do. I can't tell them what they do and how they do it because that's the whole punchline. But uh, you know, that that was Jake and Nicole's job was to infiltrate yeah. this thing and act like you know they were going to join. And gather information, and information is power. And the more information they gather, the more they understand what's really going on, and the more they find out who all the players are, and the more they find out what may or may not have happened in April and where she may or may not be. And, and, and it becomes very convoluted because there are a lot of moving parts to this. You don't know mm-hmm. who the good guys are and who the bad yeah. guys are. That's pretty much life. 
you know? Yeah, well, you pretty much want to believe, but you can't always. So You're right? Yeah. I have this, this, my grandmother was very perceptive, and she taught me. I can, I can, I'm terrible. I can literally look at somebody and say I don't trust them. It's a perception. Yep. You just want to know. And if somebody doesn't, I was on the phone with um, the other, with Mark uh, Bowton, who works for the FBI. We're talking about does your guy lie. So he taught me how to tell when somebody is not telling the truth. That's interesting. Yeah. So how do how do the people of Magnolia Springs react to this, and how will it affect their economy? Yeah, well, Magnolia Springs is a great place. It's uh, it's in the, if you will, the little panhandle down there of Alabama. It's close mm-hmm. to Fairhope, and it's close to Gulf Shores and Orange Beach and all of that, uh, Foley, all this little area down there. Magnolia Springs is a beautiful, very bucolic mm-hmm. farm area near Fairhope, and Fairhope is a great city, a great town. Everybody should go there. It's the artsy. It's wonderful. And Magnolia Springs has these farmlands and forests and all this stuff and rolling hills. It's just beautiful. Well, that's where Lindemann chose to put his place. Well, the people of Fairhope, which is the town really nearest by, it's all yeah. close to Mobile, but Fairhope, well, you know, it, it, all these rich people coming in there and spending money and all this did boost the economy. Every, every little thing like that does is they come in and they spend big bucks and they do this and they do that and and uh, you know it's kind of like getting an NFL team. <laughs> you know? It pumps mm. a lot of money into the economy, and so Lindemann Farms did mm. pump a lot of money into the economy. These rich people would come stay at this resort, and they would invariably go into town and spend money hand over fist. So they had no idea what was really going on. They thought it was pretty cool, and maybe a little extra traffic. Yeah, but, you know the traffic was Ferraris and Bentley, so you know there was that. Um, uh, not knowing anything about the dark underbelly of what was really going on. So the, the townspeople didn't really have a beef with it until they did. So do, but Jonathan and Rhea, if somebody comes to join this particular thing for self-help, do they invest, Do they uh, check out their finances to see if it's real, if they can really afford it? Or can anybody oh, sure. sort of scam them? No, well, you could. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah. by making it a high entry price, I mean, $120,000 mm-hmm. is not small cash. That automatically mm. puts a filter up because how many people could raise that disposable cash to join this group mm-hmm. on, on, a, on a bet? You know, uh, there are people that do. But that kind of – and most of the people who show up there are referred by someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan gets a lot of referrals from people who have invested with him and have made money. Like I said, he actually is very good at what he does. And had he just stuck to that, he would be a superstar. But again, power and money corrupt. And there you go. I got this. I can do great, but I want more. Well, there are a lot of people like that. There are a lot of people that are never satisfied sure. with what they have. And, you know, they're not satisfied until they lose it. And sometimes they actually deserve to lose it. And even then they don't, then they blame it on everybody else because you made a dumb mistake. What can I say? So Rhea realizes that she's between a rock and a hard place. What is she going to do? Yeah, that's her dilemma because she realizes that uh, Mm. uh, people know things that she thought they would never know that, 
the wrong people are sniffing around like what's going on here, what's happening here. She is she is Jonathan's right hand person, if you will. So she's ended up to her neck, but she didn't do the darkest stuff. And when she starts learning what's really going on, she starts getting wobbly. Uh, again, thank you, Jelaine Maxwell. Not that she wasn't involved from Jump Street mm. and deeply involved in everything that went on at mm. the various properties, but she wasn't Epstein, you know, <laughs> and that's. She may have been worse in some ways, but the point is, is she got wobbly. And of course, when he, when Epstein killed himself, it left her with the entire bag in her hand, and so uh, she went down for that. Thank goodness. But she's, we haven't heard the last of her. Remember, no, I know. There's information. She has power. She has information. She probably has videotapes. Well, Rhea is similar. She knows things. What she, is she willing to do to save herself? And again, no. back to Jelaine Maxwell. We, we don't. This this saga has not completely played out yet. What is no. she going to be willing to do to make her life better? What is she going to play her get out of jail free card? Yeah, I think I understand her waiting until everything was done and her getting sentenced. Now, I wonder how many people actually yeah. get a get out of jail free card. I mean, I watch all those programs. Everybody knows. Um, I watch uh, Dateline, Dateline Uncovered. Well, oh, my sure, favorite one sure. is is Murder in the Heartland and Murder, yep. uh, Suicide or Accident. I love that program. That's so cool. Because I watch everything like that. Yesterday, I was watching <laughs> very scary people. These people remind yeah. me of very scary people. Oh my God! And sometimes yeah. I just watch it because I say I want to see if I can figure it out. And it's, it upsets him because I usually can't figure out who did it. So it's it's scary. So when the yeah. dust settles, what about April and her mother? Is she going to ever come to reconcile anything? You know, people don't forgive so easily. We'll see. I can't tell you any more than that, right? I can't tell you. That. I can't tell you. What so where does pancake? I can't even tell you whether April survives it or not. What? What? Did, where does pancake come into all of this? How does he help? And the other question is, when is Jake going to tell Tammy to go? Stick it somewhere. <laughs> I mean, well, I, one just, of these days, I'm going to smack her in the head. She's so annoying, yeah. and then he just dances. And and when Nicole gets on the phone, there's a whole other thing. She won't mess oh, with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, when yeah, is Nicole yeah. going to knock her knock her loose? <laughs> well, now that's, that, that that actually is one of the my favorite dynamics in the whole thing. And yeah. The first scene of the very first Jake book, uh, Deep Six. Mm-hmm. Tammy goes off on him with a golf club, you know, in front of her yep. house. So so we meet her early on, and we understand who she is. She's a spoiled brat, self-absorbed, arrogant, whiny little, but she's beautiful and she's tough. And she still thinks Jake is her lapdog, and Jake will still help mm-hmm. her out on all this stuff. Well, Jake can't ignore her. He's tried, but she is relentless. She will keep calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and calling. And even if he tries to change his number, she'll find it and call him and call him and call him. <laughs> because she is relentless. And so it's better just to talk to her. It's better just to try to defuse it. And then Jake kind of likes it because he can poke sticks at her. He can make fun of her. He can jab her. He can get her infuriated, which is his only payback. Now, Nicole 
she plays along with Tammy and takes Tammy's side a lot, again, just to poke Jake. She's Jake's nemesis on that because she likes messing with Jake. And Jake is easy to mess with Mm -hmm. because he's he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He's a nice guy, uh, and, and you can upset him by doing stuff. And yeah, can, but upsetting Jake is, doesn't mean he's mad. It just means he's uncomfortable. <laughs> he doesn't get mad. He, he's a little naive in a lot of respects, too. In a lot of ways, he is. He's yeah, kind yeah of a but doofus. Nicole is streetwise. Yeah. You know, and Pancake is, I love Pancake. But yeah. there are days that Jake needs some lessons in... Um, looking past whatever, and looking past the face and understanding, it would be hilarious for him to stand up to her and take the lead. What if he, and he never thought about, um, he never thought about changing his phone number so she can't get it. Well, it doesn't matter. She should, should find it anyway. You could unlist it. It could, you know, he could go to the dark web and and Tammy would find him. She has ways, but I think mm. a little bit of the dynamic with Jake also is that when he was married to Tammy, he wasn't exactly the best husband on the planet because <laughs> he was playing oh. Major League Baseball and there were groupies, and, you know, all that stuff. Jake wasn't the most faithful human on earth because he didn't take all that stuff seriously. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of guilt there, too, and he kind of feels like, you know, he should not completely cut her off because, well, you know, part of her anxiety and and psychosis is him and she lets him know that all the time but he does so how, very, very, very how many antidepressants does she take <laughs> I, I don't think she is yeah i think she causes depression she doesn't have depression. she gives it to everybody else <laughs> exactly it's she doesn't have scary. headaches she causes headaches yeah <laughs> i'm getting too popular I, I, in the last five minutes, I've gotten ten requests for reviews. Oh, good, good. Oh, it's scary. That's good I for you. Ignore. I like that. Yeah, well, and, what and can I say? And on that note, I appreciate I appreciate the wonderful review you wrote for. Uh, oh, that one. For, yeah, uh, you know what? I, I had I had a fit this morning. I'm looking at the review, and I always put it on my because my computer doesn't love me, and sometimes it makes it disappear. So I put it on my notepad on my phone. And I'm looking at it and go, wait a minute, I only have half. And I had to talk with my computer <laughs> to find it. I was so aggravated. I go like, do I? It happened once before. I had to break the thing over five times. That's why I put it on my notepad and pray that it doesn't disappear. But yeah, I, and I took my time. I mean, I finished uh, yesterday. For those of you that want to know what I, I finished nine books last week. For real. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and they were big ones, too. And I just finished, like I said, Nora Roberts' Identity. But I finished a book that's not out yet that people should read, Magdalena. So what is next for my guys, Jake and Nicole? What's coming out soon? Well, the next book is already done. It'll be out in a year. And uh, uh, it's called Unbalanced, and it has to do with, with embezzling and murder. So, you know, and again, Jake gets drugs kicking and screaming into a case he wants nothing to do with. Yeah, well. But Ray and Pancake have a way of dragging him into it. Are you writing anything else besides Jake and and Pancake that I haven't read? 
Yeah, I'm, I have the Cain uh, uh, Harper series, which there's three books in that, and right now I'm working on the fourth in that series. Oh, um, good. And and so there's been there's been three of those books out, and uh, they're fun. But they're they're more true thrillers. They're darker. They they deal with uh, you know bad guys and taking down bad guys. And uh, Kane and Harper are fixers. They they. I remember things. that. I read one. I did like yeah. that. I read one. But before yeah. I forget, because I get bragging rights today. Yeah. Yesterday, my nephew graduated from Muhlenberg College, summa cum laude, four point like his aunt. Wow. Yes, he did. Jake graduated, and the sad part is, for well, I can't explain why online I couldn't come, but I did watch it on my computer, the whole thing. Ah, cool. And I and I did get a chance to take a picture of him when he got his diploma. <laughs> Three of them. As a matter of fact, it's funny Excellent. because my brother didn't. They didn't think to take a picture. And I got this whole thing. I even got the recessional also. So congratulations to my baseball player. He played with a baseball scholarship from Muhlenberg. Now we're praying that he gets one when he goes for his master's degree because I told him to. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Education matters, people. Sort of, it absolutely does. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mother sent me back five times for five different degrees. Seriously. And if she didn't get Alzheimer's, I probably would have gone for the doctorate. But what can you do? So where can everybody learn more about you and your work? Because this this book is so yeah, everybody's gotta read, Jake and Nicole. And Father's Day is coming up and this is a cool book to get them to read about Nicole. Well, you can go to my website, which is dplylemd.com, D-P-L-Y-L-E-M-D.com, and you can see all about the books, all about this book and all my other books. You can also, uh, right there, directly connect to my uh, blog and to my podcast series called Criminal Mischief and to the old radio shows that we did many, many years ago where we interviewed experts in the forensics field. Mm. So... um, you just go to the website, dplylmd.com, and you can find everything. I'm going to have my niece look at your forensic things because that's what she's going for, criminal oh, services. She's going for forensics. That's what she's going for at uh, the college in Florida. And she's a 4.0, too. Smart people. <laughs> she's ex- Yeah, she's extremely very smart, and I'm very proud of her. So she said she does, she's doing criminal services and Criminal investigation, and I'm going to tell her to look for yours. But thank you so much. This has been fun. Thank you. you, Always a pleasure. If you're ever available for a panel, let me know, because that would be great. Because which we've been talking about. I'm always available for you. You know that. Oh, thanks. I'll let you know my next crazy. Actually, I'm doing one with Vincent Zandri, Patrick Moore, and David Putnam. We're doing this in August. Um, Characters that do outrageous things because they don't care what the consequences are. Oh, cool. I love Dave Putnam. Putnam, He's a good guy, and he's a friend. Yeah. He's right here local. He's in in Orange County. I I love him. I love everybody. I'd be happy to join you in in a panel or whatever anytime. You know that. Oh, thanks. Everybody, it's beautiful outside. Have a great day, and stay safe, everyone, and bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 